Nobody ever questioned Jimmy Garoppolo's toughness or willingness to play injured while with the 49ers. But two of his former New England teammates say that that was not the case during his time with the Patriots. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo is still a hot topic from Boston to the Bay Area, even while his NFL future remains in limbo. As the time nears for Garoppolo's expected medical clearance from shoulder surgery, we go through some of the scenarios on how his situation with the 49ers could play out this summer. All-Pro wide receiver Debo Samuel requested a trade this offseason, and while there's been no news on that front, he showed no signs of discontent at the team's recent minicamp. Jennifer Lee Chan and I lay out the most likely resolution to this offseason drama. That and more coming up right now on this episode of 49ers Talk. Welcome to another edition of 49ers Talk on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, Matt Mayoko. Yes, this is 49ers Talk brought to you by Big O Tires. I'm Matt Mayoko. She's Jennifer Lee Chan. And who would have thought that here we are in late June, going into early July, and we're still talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. And other people and other people are talking about him. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And what brings this up is. Some, I, I guess I was a little bit surprised at what Julian Edelman had to say about Jimmy Garoppolo because the one thing that you couldn't fault Garoppolo for during his time with the 49ers was his willingness to play while injured. So that was something that kind of caught my eye. And of course, we're talking about um, Julian Edelman kind of responding on the I am athlete podcast to some things that Martellus Bennett, uh, those two or those three, Bennett, Edelman, Jimmy Garoppolo, teammates with the Patriots back, but back in 2016, I guess it was a topic among the Patriots, how Jimmy Garoppolo didn't want to play with an injury and Jacoby Brissett did. And that was during that time when, when Tom Brady was out. So kind of interesting that, um, everybody still talks about Jimmy Garoppolo. I was really surprised because, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo with the Niners has been known as a great locker room guy. He's played through injuries while he's had them. And that, you know, that is the honest truth, right? He's been injured. He's missed games, but really he's played through a lot as well. So I was surprised to hear what they all had to say about him. Yeah, I guess, I mean, some of it might be traced back to, you know, he hadn't gotten paid yet, Mm -hmm. didn't have the big contract. And then, you know, he got the big contract with the 49ers after that midseason trade of 2017. Um, So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very much completely different than what the locker room vibe was during his time with the 49ers. And I mean, the interesting thing, one of the many interesting things is, you know, we talked about Kyle Juszczyk, you know, saying farewell to him in the locker room. Mm-hmm. That was before the final regular season game saying, Hey, this could be the final game we ever play together. And here we are, he's still on the roster. And I mean, there's just so many elements to what's going to happen. He's going to be cleared pretty soon to be able to mm-hmm. throw football again. And I think the one thing that, you know, they really caught the 49ers by surprise in March when he 
decided to have that surgery because the 49ers thought the plan all along was rest the, the shoulder, it'll heal, and they could have made that trade. Uh, and that's the know. normal procedure for that injury, right? So usually that's what happens. I mean, yeah. he thought that he was at a state where rest would take care of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it could have gone both ways. I mean, just, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't fault Garoppolo right. if, if the opinions that he got was, hey, it's going to be touch and go, you know, there's no guarantee it'll heal the way you want it to heal. So go in and get the surgery now and you'll for certain be ready for the start of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't fault that because he, he had the information that he needed and let's face it, who's the big loser if if he made the wrong decision to have surgery? The big loser is him, right? Because right. he would have been, you know, a starter week one for some team, and now he's left twisting in the wind, not knowing where he's going to be if he's going to have a starting opportunity. So, I mean, the forty hours are in the same situation, but the difference is even if the 49ers don't get anything for him, they still create a lot of cap room that they can spend on other people. Whereas Garoppolo, who's to say how much money he could be losing on the short term by not having a trade go through. I mean, if a trade had gone through, he would have gotten his $25 million for the 2022 season. Right. Now we set up to him ready to go. Now, I just don't know who's going to pay him that money this late in the offseason. So, I, I mean, there's so I still, many unknowns. It's so, yeah, it's so unclear where he's going to go, what his future is, just because, you know, he hasn't thrown a football yet. I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of teams that would have been interested in maybe signing him, and there may be some in the future, but he hasn't even thrown a football yet. It's been since March. Yeah. I mean, I look at the teams that potentially could be mm-hmm. interested in him. And I, I, I think unless another team comes to mind, Jennifer, I mean, I'm thinking Seattle, Seattle, Carolina, mm-hmm. right. And, and the Cleveland Browns. Right. Well, if you're Carolina, do you really want to bring in a quarterback that will know that could potentially help you win games? when you're probably not going to be very good and it might benefit you to be pretty bad and get a higher draft pick and get a higher draft pick. And I'd Mm -hmm. say the same with, with Seattle, you know, the Seattle would be kind of in that same situation of, you know, with, you know, who they have drew lock and Geno Smith. Mm -hmm. Does it really help you to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think so. The one situation where I could see, and I think it makes a lot of sense for the Cleveland Browns because Baker Mayfield is persona non grata. Right. He, he doesn't, even though it might help both sides, if those sides, if, if make Baker Mayfield and the Browns could come to some resolution and like, Hey, just show up and play football. It, but it doesn't seem like either side wants that to happen. So he's persona non grata collecting his, whatever it is, 18 million fully mm-hmm. guaranteed. Right. You have Deshaun Watson, who is a pariah, but is the guy that the Cleveland Browns have sold their soul 
to place the entire uh, future of the franchise in his hands. And the NFL, I mean, would anything less than a one-year suspension for him surprise you? No. That's a team that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And they can win. But I don't think they can win with the quarterbacks who are currently in line to play. But I think they could win with Garoppolo. So to me, that one makes Mm -hmm. the most sense. Right. And then it's, what would they trade? to the 49ers to receive him. What would the 49ers ask in return? I, I, I don't think they would ask much. I, I, I mean, right. I they just want to, I think they just want to have that chapter closed. Yeah. And I think he wants that chapter closed. Right. And I almost get the sense that, you know, teammates as much as they like Jimmy don't want to be put in that situation. I mean, think about the, think about the dynamics of that. If, if Trey Lance struggles in his first two games mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, early in the season, if he struggles for years, lose a few games, you, you would have a section of the fan base and you might even have a section of the locker room going, Oh, we could have won those games with mm-hmm. Jimmy. And that's a difficult. And I think, I mean, you can speak to this, Jennifer. I mean, it's been a pretty good locker room and they've, they've kind of managed to avoid all those kind of inner workings and the drama of a lot of locker room dynamics, I think that would be a recipe for bringing that into the locker room. If they had that kind of situation, a second season with the roles reversed this year of Garoppolo being the backup and Trey Lance being the starter. Yeah, it is such a good locker room. And you look at how they reacted to everything last year with Trey being that top pick and Jimmy Garoppolo still having the reins of the whole team and everybody was still supportive of Jimmy Garoppolo, but yeah, this is a totally different dynamic. If the worlds were reversed and it was Trey Lance and then just the opportunity, the unknown of what Jimmy Garoppolo could do if he was under center, just because he has so much experience, he's, he's won when he's been under center, Jimmy Garoppolo has won games. So yeah. How does that change the dynamic of the locker room? I think you're right. It could completely turn it around. Although it is filled with a lot of guys who are believe in Kyle Shanahan. They are behind whatever decision he makes. And, you know, I think they kind of just go along with the flow that way, but that does kind of open Pandora's box a little bit. Yeah. And it puts, I think it would put Shanahan in a tough situation too. If, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Scott McLuhan, when we had him on recently, you know, he talked about how there wasn't a rush to get Trey Lance on the field. I kind of disagree with that. I think there is a rush because you're going to have to make a decision with the fifth year option on Trey Lance after his third season. I would think you'd want to see him for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also said the rush is to win games. I agree with that part of it. And so if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy that they believe gives them the best chance of winning football games at the start of the season, you know, that opens up you know, a dilemma, but I, I, I almost think that now it's at the point with a full off season of Trey Lance kind of establishing himself as the leader on the field and maybe even a little bit off the field, even though he's 22 years old. And then you have Jimmy Garoppolo coming back to the team potentially after no off season. I almost think now is that the kind of that point where Trey Lance should overtake Garoppolo and just 
even on a level playing field, Trey Lance potentially should give the 49ers a better chance of winning football games, even at the start of the season over Garoppolo. And that's, that's the reason you picked him anyway. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's healthy for the regular season, where, where do you think that mesh point is with those two players? It's so hard to say because you look at how Trey started training camp last year. And I know it's a completely different situation last year versus this year, but remember everybody was talking Trey Lance up because he had such an amazing training camp. He played lights out. He was connecting with all the receivers. And then when you saw him in games and the preseason, it didn't look quite as good, right? The beginning of training camp, everyone's was like, Oh, this is the guy. This is the reason they did it. This is the reason they traded all the draft picks for this quarterback. And then he kind of got into games and you saw the ups and downs. So it's going to be, I think there's going to be moments of growth. I think there's going to be times of challenge. There's going to be adversity for him because he hasn't played a lot of football in the last two years. So he set it for success with all the skill players around him and taking all the reps with the number ones. But I think there's going to be ups and downs for sure. I think there is for any quarterback that starts to take over a team, it's going to be a challenge. How does the team react to those challenges with him under center? And how does he bounce back from adversity? That's the big challenge. Yeah. Um, it, we got this question. We've, we've relied on our, our studio audience a lot over the last couple of weeks asking us questions during this kind of dead time in the NFL calendar. Uh, Boyer Niner 295 says, do you think the Niner way of drafting a young, high upside quarterback who sits one year behind a veteran quarterback will be the new best practice for NFL teams, which have no high end quarterback? And then which teams do you think can go the same way in the NFL in the next two years? Um, I, I think that, you know, with the, the 49ers way was they were a team, a roster built to win last season. And I think it was a unique situation because Trey Lance had not played much football, he, basically a full year or more. I think he played in what one game in like, you know, more than a year. And so Garoppolo is a guy that it, you know, was a quarterback of a team that went to the Super Bowl two years earlier. So I think it's a different situation um, in, you know, a team like uh, the Jets the Jaguars, they really had no, in even the, the, uh, the Chicago Bears, Bears to, a, to a degree, even though they had Andy Dalton, those other teams didn't even have a, a quarterback that was capable of starting. So, you know, they pushed those quarterbacks to the, to the forefront, but never had any idea or no thought that, hey, this is a playoff team. Um, but, you know, you look at this, and I'm just – I'm going to roll off some names and, and some of these names might not be familiar to our listeners, but remember this last draft was not a good quarterback draft. I mean, there were, there was nobody out there that really people envisioned being a first year starter in the NFL. But if you look ahead to the 2023 draft, and again, we know that things change and some of these names might disappear fall off the face of the earth. Maybe some other quarterbacks will rise, but here are all guys being talked about as first round draft picks. And some of these like first overall, you know, top five, top 10. 
CJ Stroud from Ohio State, Bryce Young from Alabama, Anthony Richardson from Florida, Will Levis from Kentucky, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, and Jaron Hall from BYU. So those are all guys that right now are seen as first round potential and, you know, starting quarterbacks in the NFL eventually. Then you look at the teams that are, you know, I think we could all agree are going to be some of the worst teams in the league. The Falcons, Houston, Carolina, Seattle, Detroit. And other than maybe Davis Mills with Houston, I don't think there's a starter. There's a long-term starter on any of those teams. And so I would think that, I think it's a case by case thing. Sometimes a young quarterback can benefit from sitting a year. Other times he needs to be pushed out there, whether it's just because of circumstances or whatever. Ultimately, I'm not sure it makes any difference because I just think that if you're a good quarterback, you're going to be a good quarterback. If you're not a good quarterback, you're not going to be a good quarterback. And it doesn't necessarily matter whether you start from day one or you sit a year and learn and then become a starter year two. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. So, I mean, age old argument for the 49ers, if they drafted Aaron Rodgers instead of Alex Smith, and he was thrust into the starting lineup, like Alex Smith was, how would he have done versus sitting behind Brett Favre for three years? I mean, Alex Smith was amazing, great quarterback, but having him behind an not a very good offensive line made him run a lot for his life. And did that give him a little PTSD from all of that, the hits that he took, all the sacks that he took? I mean, that was a, that was a tough growing process for Alex Smith. Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for three years and look at where he is now. Not saying that they're both the same, but just food for thought, how that's different. Now the 49ers, taking Trey Lance with Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster is kind of a luxury. A lot of teams don't have the ability to do that because they don't have that starting quarterback. And the Niners were able to gather their picks, trade and move up for the guy that they wanted. There's not a lot of teams that can do that. So it kind of is a luxury for some teams to be able to do it. Like the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers. Most teams can't do that. So, you know, I, I, I just think that being able to sit behind, especially for Trey Lance, who didn't have a lot of playing experience, I think that's a great thing for him, but it's not a possibility for a lot of teams. Yeah, it's not a possibility because you you don't have a starter caliber a lot of mm -hmm. times on the roster. And if you do have a starter caliber, like uh, Brett Favre, for instance, mm -hmm. he's going to be upset that you invested a first round draft pick in a quarterback when he wanted another wide receiver or another offensive lineman. And uh, you know, the, the same, yeah. I, so I, I could see where, it, I guess the same would have gone for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo obviously was very disappointed. The 49ers traded up from number 12 to select a quarterback at number three, when he was probably thinking, Hey, number 12, we can get, you know, a player that can help me help us get to the, to the Super Bowl, uh, potentially. And, and let's face it the 49ers would have had a better chance of getting to the Super Bowl last season had they not taken Trey Lance because Trey Lance didn't contribute, really. I mean, he started two games and they won one of those games. But if they'd taken, you know, an impact player, they would have had a better opportunity. But that 
draft pick was not made for the 2021 season. And it wasn't even really made for the 2022 season. It was made for the next decade where if they gambled and, and got it right, the 49ers are going to be a contender for a long time because that's kind of the common thread of teams that are, are competitive on a year in year out basis. They all have high level quarterback play. All right, so we'll continue this talk on 49ers Talk after this word from Big O Tires. Big O Tires proudly sells its own brand of Big O Brand Tires. Now through July 10, save $100 instantly on select sets of four Big O Brand Tires with paid installation. Plus, save an additional $50 when using your Big O credit card. See your locally owned Big O Tire store for offer details. We're back on 49ers Talk. And hey, uh, I know a couple weeks ago you said you saw Maverick Top Gun. I did. I did too. I saw it this last weekend um, and you liked it, right? I did. There were some corny, cheesy moments, but the flying and the cinematography of the flying was so good. I think that was worth it. Yeah. And the thing that uh, I could never get past. So the original Top Gun was in 1986. So what, 36 years have passed. Mm -hmm. Um, I could not get over the fact uh, that Tom Cruise had such a horrible hair dye job and, <laughs> and here's a guy who's supposed to be I don't know how old he would have been in the original but add 36 years to that I mean give the guy a little bit of gray little around bit. the temples yeah yeah so I could not get over that and um, yeah so but the flying part was I the mean, flying the flying part was great. yeah, yeah. It, was, okay. it was worth it for that so we're flying on uh, the other big topic, of course, Debo Samuel. And I know there was a report that Debo Samuel has yet to rescind his trade request. Um, the, the Jeremy Fowler from ESPN said, to his knowledge, he hasn't rescinded it. And to my knowledge, he hasn't rescinded it either. And I'm sure to your knowledge, he hasn't rescinded it. But I wouldn't expect, I don't know how this works. Is he supposed to go, I hereby announce... I don't want everyone. to be traded anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 it certainly, if it didn't seem to me that, and this is purely, I guess, cosmetic, but it didn't mm -hmm. seem to me like there was an issue. Like if, if right. Debo Sam, Debo Samuel showed up at the mandatory mini camp and he not only showed up, we saw him conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we saw him doing stuff. He didn't practice at all. But, you know, I was thinking about this, like, and we saw him obviously talking to teammates and coaches and whatnot and smile on his face and everything else. And I did Dancing request, yeah. yeah, I did request to have Debo Samuel speak to the media, but uh, Debo apparently didn't want to, which is totally within his right during this offseason program. So he has yet to officially address why he asked for the trade in the fir first place. But I'm also thinking like, you, know, you look around the league and I believe it was uh, Terry McLaurin didn't show up for his mandatory mini camp and DK Metcalf didn't show up for right. his. Um, so I think we can assume that Debo Samuel will show up for the 49ers training camp because if he doesn't, he runs the risk of fines just as he would have run the risk of fines mm -hmm. had he not shown up for the mandatory mini camp. But I'm thinking that if, if he were truly upset and the strength and conditioning staff comes up and says, Hey, let's do some running or conditioning that he would have just said, uh, you know what? I don't feel like it. My foot hurts. Right. right. I mean, so it's, it's a tough one to read just because we haven't heard directly from Debo Samuel, 
but I, I get the sense that there's at least been some thawing of that. And it seems to be all, you know, one side. It's not like the 49ers are upset at Debo Samuel, Mm -hmm. but um, do you have any kind of sense of, of how you expect this thing to shake out? Because in my mind, nothing's really changed since, well, pretty much all off season. Right. I mean, to him showing up for a mandatory minicamp was the step to take to thaw relationships, to move forward. Uh, the people I spoke to with the organization said he doesn't need to formally submit a, I guess, a rescission of his trade request. So it doesn't need to happen. He just shows up, they move forward, they start talking. So there's not a, a formal process for him to rescind that trade request. So I think all things looking, uh, you know, are looking towards that they'll get an arrangement done. He was happy. He was talking to teammates. It was like the off season discord that happened between him and the team didn't really happen. Right. He was talking to his teammates, chopping it up with the defense. I just don't think that there's as much angst as there was before. And I think things are on the right path. Yeah. And I just don't know what other options either side has. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the 49ers listen to trade offers right around the draft leading up to, you know, the first round of the draft. And I, I bet you Debo Samuel, after hearing what the best offer the 49ers got, probably would have been saying, well, I don't blame them for not trading me because I'm worth more than that. Right. And, and so once once the round one of the NFL draft comes and goes, unless the 49ers are picking up you know, a, a high caliber player in a player for player trade. Why would they trade Debo Samuel and get something in return? It's usually it's draft picks, but why would they trade Debo Samuel and get something in return? But that's something in return isn't of immediate help this year. And the other part with Debo Samuel is there's, it makes no sense for him to kind of draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not signing a long-term extension because he is vastly underpaid and his next Mm -hmm. contract should make him, you know, should set him up for the rest of his life. And he's not set up for the rest of his life quite yet with the first contract that he signed after being a second round draft pick. Mm -hmm. So what is his alternative? I'm not signing a contract. And then you play for, you know, four or five times less than market value. And you run the risk of, you know, in this, in this game, it's a brutal mm-hmm. game. It's, it's highly right. physical. You run the risk of never being able to cash in. So it doesn't make any sense for him to say, Nope, I'm going to play this season on this, you know, one year on my contract year, because the 49 still would hold his rights. They could franchise right. him next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just makes sense for both sides to work on a deal and you know get things get things squared away from you know a contractual standpoint and any other standpoint that Debo Samuel had an issue with that caused him to ask for that trade in the first place yeah I just think that they're going to get things worked out eventually and at this point, no news is good news, right? There hasn't been anything coming out of the facility, nothing from the 49ers, nothing from Debo Samuel. Both sides have been quiet. I think that's a good thing. And you're right. I don't think that there's any reason for him to think that a trade would be better for him at this point. 
the Niners, I'm sure, are, John Lynch said, I'd be a fool to trade him. Hmm. We've talked about that at, you know, at length. So I think eventually both sides are going to work it out and he's going to be on the roster. Obviously, he's still under one. He has one more year left on his contract. He's going to be on the roster going forward and they need him to play. So getting an extension done is the way to do it. Yeah. Um, here's a question from KL. Um, will the Niners keep six wide receivers? That's quick and to the point. Uh, yeah. they, they ended the season last year with six wide receivers. So I could see them keeping six wide receivers. The six they ended with last year um, were Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Travis Benjamin, Trent Shurfield, and then Muhammad Sanu was, was inactive, but he was on the roster late in mm -hmm. the season. Well, um, Benjamin Sherfield and, and Sanu are no longer around. Um, and this year, I think there are five guys who will be wide receivers on the 53 man roster. No questions asked. That's Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Danny Gray, Ray Ray McLeod. So there's mm -hmm. five. And then you have, you know, potential sixth guy. There are some guys, you know, there are a couple undrafted rookies, I think that's very much a long shot, but they have mm -hmm. some guys like Malik Turner, who's been in the league a little bit, 41 career games. Austin Mack played 11 games last year with the Giants. Marcus Johnson has been in the league each of the past five seasons, and he's been with Philadelphia, Indianapolis, Tennessee. And then Keyshawn Johnson was with Arizona in 2019, 2020. I think that, man, I think it's going to be tough for any of those guys. I could see them keeping five wide receivers and then, you know, maybe going heavy on defensive linemen, you know, an extra defensive lineman, but mm. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I, I would, I would almost expect them to keep five wide receivers to open the season because that's what they did to open last year before bringing Travis Benjamin up mm -hmm. and then, you know, keeping two guys at least, maybe even three guys on the practice squad. And then if they need somebody, because the, the sixth guy is not going to be active for games anyway. So I right. could see them bringing up a, a wide receiver at some point if they needed another guy. Yeah, and you just mentioned it. The defensive line group is so deep. I mean, they're going to want to keep guys there because there's so many that are on that in that group that would be snatched up by another team and be on their roster immediately. I think that's where they could kind of manipulate the roster, keeping one last wide receiver and be able to keep those guys that they really want to have on the defensive line. At Aztec SJSU, so I'm assuming that person uh, has ties to San Diego State and San Jose State. Uh, this person asks, uh, is it, it's been years since we've had an exciting kick slash punt returner. Any chance we found our guy, uh, the guy you're talking about, I'm assuming is Ray Ray McLeod. Mm -hmm. And he has, he's pretty good on punt returns, uh, an average that's 9.5. If you're eight yards or higher on punt returns, that's pretty darn good. And he's also an effective kickoff returner. The one question with him though, man, he puts the ball on the ground a lot, eight fumbles in four seasons in the return game. But I know, you know, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan both speak highly of him and they think he's, he, he'll do a good job there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the 49ers really haven't had much in the, in the area of the return game. I remember thinking as a rookie that 
uh, Trent Taylor was pretty good. He was sure-handed, mm -hmm. did, a, did a fine job, and then just injuries kind of derailed him. But um, yeah, Dante for Pettis was a guy that I think they brought in because he was great at it too at Washington. Yeah, and he he never did anything mm -hmm. um, as a return man. So I guess Ray Ray McLeod is, is somebody that I mean they like, and uh, he'll be given an opportunity. You know, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess in a pinch, you can put Brandon Ayuk back there to return punts. And then Debo Samuel is their best kick returner. Um, and it's they so will, risky, though. Risky it is. Putting those guys in those situations, because that's where most of the injuries happen, right? On kick returns, punt returns. Those are the high-risk plays. That's why the league has changed the rules for those plays so much. You don't want to put your number one guy out there. If you lose your Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel for weeks, it's yeah. detrimental to the offense. Yeah, you put Debo Samuel out there when you need a jump start at the beginning of the second half in a playoff game at Green Bay. That's when you put <laughs> Debo Samuel out there. And that that play, Debo Samuel, you know, was one of the reasons they saved that season and sent it uh, onto the NFC Championship game. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I would guess, you know, Ray Ray McLeod, who's a slot receiver, you know, he'll be splitting time. He's a different kind of slot receiver as Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings is a big target, right. knows where the sticks are. Ray Ray McLeod is a smaller guy, kind of shifty. But um, I think Ray Ray McLeod, you know, he'll, he'll get a lot of opportunity on offense. But, you know, the main part of the acquisition or the signing of him is for what he can bring to special teams, an area that the 49ers certainly put a lot of emphasis on improving this offseason. We didn't see a lot of him doing punt returns during minicamp, but we did see him as a receiver and he did have some great catches. He was out there with Trey Lance and with Nate Zedfeld. And, you know, he could very well be a contributor in both sides of the ball there. Yeah. Hey, we'll wrap this episode of 49ers Talk up right after this word from our sponsor. Win a Ford F-150 at Drayton Resort and Casino. One truck winner and $50,000 in cash each Friday. Drawings on the last Friday of the month. Win a new truck with Drayton Resort and Casino's big Ford truck giveaway. We are back on 49ers Talk. Myself, Matt Mayoko with Jennifer Lee Chan. A couple other questions here about the defensive backfield. And I'll just kind of lump the, both of these because they're kind of related uh was it cal it's a cal jr 85 is there a surprise defensive back you can see starting and then raptor 660 rx uh who starts inside a cornerback and who starts outside so is there a surprise defensive back you see starting so that in entails cornerback uh nickelback safety Mm -hmm. Who would be the biggest surprise starter in your mind? Who has a realistic chance of starting? Oh, I mean, as a surprise, maybe if it's Jason Verrett because he's healthy, that would be a surprise just because he's been through so much. If he can be as physically capable as he was previously when he's been healthy, that I guess would be a surprise maybe. Um I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, there? I guess maybe Sam Womack, the rookie mm -hmm. starting at Nickelback. I think, um, I mean, I've talked I mean, about. If, mm -hmm. if Jason Brett moved on the inside, that would be yeah. a surprise too. Yeah. I mean, I think there, there, there's enough um, leeway there 
that the 49ers can do a lot of different things in the defensive backfield. But there are, you know, several guys who are in the mix. I mean, you'd expect um, in, in the defensive backfield, obviously this isn't set, but, you know, Emmanuel Mosley, Charvarius mm-hmm. Ward, Jason Verrett, those would be the three most likely options of starting. I guess I'd throw Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then at safety, you have Jimmy Ward, obviously. You also have Talanoa Hufanga, and you have uh, Tarvarius Moore. Mm-hmm. So those are three safeties. I think George Odom is seen mostly as a special teams guy. And I think I'd be surprised if he ended up winning the starting job at strong safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess those are, and then the nickelback situation, uh, uh Denard, you mentioned Jason Verrett, uh, Diamador Lenore, Sam Womack. So, I mean, anyone outside of those would be a surprise. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know that any of those guys, any combination of those guys would, would surprise me all that much right. because they seem to be, I mean, there's good depth there and they all mm-hmm. seem to be right around the same level. So I'm not sure I'd be surprised with any of those guys, but anybody outside of that group. And I know I named a lot of guys, but that would, yeah, those are, it would surprise me if someone outside of that group became a starter. I think maybe a surprise would be, and I thought it was interesting last year how Diamador Lenore got more reps than Ambry Thomas did at the beginning. And then kind of as the season progressed, they swapped, right? Ambry mm-hmm. Thomas had more snaps as a starter uh, at cornerback than Diamador Lenore. So if he can actually make that jump back into the lineup, maybe that would be more of a surprise for me. Yeah, I think Diamador Lenore got off to a better start because mm-hmm. he had played the previous season. Right. Whereas Ambry Thomas was a, was an op, a COVID opt out. And right. so he, you know, I think it took him a while to kind of get back in the flow of things. So mm-hmm. um, I think that had a lot to do with it. And then, you know, Lenore kind of hit a, a rough patch there, that game against green Bay, where he was the nickelback who um, had some blown assignments and uh, was partly responsible. I guess everybody on the defense is partly responsible, but Lenore was, you know, was kind of exposed in that last second Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers to Devonte Adams, you know, those plays that got them into position for the winning field goal. Um, Kai L has another question. Any chance Brock Purdy jumps Nate Sudfeld to be the number two quarterback this season? I say I no. Think, yeah. I think that'd be really, Oh, uh, that's, that's your surprise right there. If that yeah. happens. Yeah. I, I think the four airs like, you know, obviously they like Brock Purdy because they took him with the final pick in the draft. Um, but I don't think they view him as, you know, somebody who's going to step in and, you know, m- make a huge splash. I mean, mm-hmm. they're giving him an opportunity to kind of stick around and maybe spend a few years on the practice squad. And, um, you know, if he does well, then maybe kind of move up the ladder a little bit, but, um, I, I don't see, I mean, I don't see anyone other than Nate Sudfeld being the backup, I guess, right. you know, I would throw yeah, in there. His I mean, contract I, was a huge vote of confidence from yeah. the 49ers. So he got that $2 million guaranteed contract. Yeah. He's that's there's, I guess, them saying they have confidence in him. Yeah, I, I say so. And mm-hmm. and when you think about it, he spent the entire season last year on the practice squad and he made 300,000. So for them to give him basically a, a 700% raise and fully guarantee it tells you all you need to know. 
and of course, I guess we started this conversation today on 49ers Talk talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. We can end it with him as well. I mean, I guess the, you know, the, the only guy I could see being the number two instead of Nate Sudfeld would be Garoppolo. And even that one's a kind of a tough one to figure out on how those pieces would fit together. Yeah, that's that's kind of a, a long, what is it? Why can't I think of it? The long, long stretch. It's not a, it's a stretch. Yeah, for, or, or, yeah. or a long shot. Long shot. That's what it is. A long, but I like long stretch. I think long stretch uh, tells you exactly what it's you a combination. Need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a long shot for Jimmy Grapple to be the backup for the 49ers. But, you know, never say never because yeah, when you yeah. do that, that's when it happens. You know what happens when you assume sometimes yes, you do. sometimes you guess wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's right. I think that's the same. I'm not quite sure. Uh, here's <laughs> one final one. We'll wrap it up with this one. Forty Niners fan zero four nine. Hey Matt and Jennifer, do you know when the media and fans will be allowed in for training camp? I can't wait. That was Forty Niner fan oh forty nine saying I can't wait. Not me, but you know what? I can't wait either. Uh, well, the media is in from day one. The media, mm-hmm. it's an NFL rule that the media is allowed to watch practices. We got to keep tabs on these guys, make sure they're not breaking any rules. So we can be in from day one, even though Kyle Shanahan has not put together the training camp schedule. I'm hearing that the 49ers kind of expect like 10 to a dozen practices be open to Mm -hmm. the general public. Now they also have a couple of joint practices in Minnesota. So those practices will be open to the Minnesota fans. I, well, actually I shouldn't say that. I don't know that, but I know they'll be open to the media, but Mm -hmm. I think you can expect uh, fans to be allowed at training camp again this year for the first time in a while. And, and maybe, you know, about a dozen open dates Mm -hmm. for fans to enjoy. And I would think that they would have maybe one practice in Levi's where they have a larger crowd just because they've done that in the past. So I don't think there's any reason why they wouldn't do that now with things kind of more back to normal. Yeah. So training camp opens uh, July 26th. That's not the day of the first practice. That's when they report, but Mm -hmm. we will continue. The team is off, but we continue to talk 49ers right here on 49ers Talk. Thanks for listening to 49ers Talk with Matt Mayoko. Please rate, review, and subscribe for free on your podcast provider. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.